You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to Tech Fan, episode number 254. I am Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen, all the way over in the UK. Hello, David. Hello. Hello. Well, it won't be long Hello. now. Let's see, uh, two months before you'll be here in the US. I know. Looking forward to it. Almost exactly two months. A little bit more than two yeah. months, but getting close. I need to, uh, I've still got a few arrangements to make for that, but um, looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be really good. I, I think so too. I, uh, I'm i looking forward to seeing the other MyMackers. I know uh, John Nemo's coming in on the Sunday. Cool. Or late Saturday. Yeah, I didn't know or, coming. Uh, I, he said he was going to try, and it looks like he's going to. His daughter lives in the Chicagoland area, so uh, right. he's got that excuse too. He can see his daughter. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward yeah, oh, well, nothing wrong with that. I have, I mean, I'm I looking forward to it on two levels because um, I've never been to Chicago before either, so um, mm. I'm looking forward to seeing the area. I'm obviously very familiar with Chicago. I'm only three yeah. and a half hour drive away, and I worked there right downtown for four years. So, yeah, Chicago doesn't hold any mysteries for me anymore. I like the city, don't get me wrong. It's I'm, It's nothing bad. It's just... <clears throat> I'm more infatuated with New York and Los Angeles than I am Chicago. Yeah. But I've spent less time is, in both places, so. Yeah. Since, I mean, since 1980, when they filmed the Blues Brothers there, it's become almost like a movie star Chicago. So if you're, if you're from outside the U.S., it's it's one of those places you feel like you know because you've seen it you've seen it on TV and the movie so much. So I'm looking forward to seeing it in person. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a neat town. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Chicago, yeah. but... You know, I, I don't live, I don't live far enough away where it's a mystery and I'm not close enough where it's an everyday occurrence, but I worked uh -huh. there. So I spent many, 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 many days driving in Chicago traffic and working right downtown yeah. and on the outskirts and driving through and, you know, especially when you okay, don't I'm work in Chicago and you have to drive through it. It starts leaving an, a negative impression on you, like, ugh, now i got to deal yeah. with the Chicago traffic, and I just want to get home. Yeah, I, I guess I guess it's probably the same for me with London. I'm I'm working in London four days a week at the moment. I've been for the last six, seven weeks, so um, I'm starting to tire of the place now. <laughs> I can I get that. I mean, I would love yeah. to go to London myself. My daughter was there, obviously, uh, just yeah. a year ago, but less than a year ago. I, I would love to go to London. It's... Uh, I, I've always liked the UK though. So yeah. Anyways, let's uh, get on with the show. We talked about last week that we would have a discussion, a uh, spoilerific discussion on Captain America Civil War. We'll do that in the second half of the show. Okay. <clears throat> yes, I still have my cough. My uh, cold is still here. It's a lot worse. It's not, it's not as bad as it was. I mean, it's yeah. getting better every day, but yeah. So we do have some feedback, and I do want to get into that as well. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about just for a second, though, was I, I never came back and talked about this uh, two or three weeks ago. I can't remember now. I think it was two weeks ago. I was talking about how my stove died, and that yeah. led into a discussion about smart appliances and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we've got feedback from Alyssa Paselli. Because she yeah. was talking about extended warranties, and I wanted to get a little bit more information about that. 
So yeah. we have that, and that's going to lead into something else. So go ahead. Yeah. So she says, following up on the appliance discussion, I buy extended warranties through Sears. You do not have to buy the appliance from Sears to buy the warranty. Perfect example, I bought a high-end dishwasher from a local appliance store, and I bought the warranty from Sears. After the manufacturer warranty expired, the dishwasher died. A Sears tech came out to confirm the death, then filed paperwork for me to go to Sears and get a replacement. A credit was placed on my account for more than what I paid for the original dishwasher. I could buy any brand up to the credit allotted, this included insulation. My only out-of-pocket cost was for some hoses, which was less than $20. The only negative was having to hand-wash dishes for a month (laughs) until the new dishwasher could be installed. (laughs) The more appliances you cover and the more years you cover them, the cost per year decreases. It may be a large upfront investment. I take the five-year plan out, but for me, it's been worth it. Uh, That's interesting. I never knew you could buy an extended warranty from Sears, of all places. Um, Sears is owned by Kmart now. They bought them out many years ago. Uh, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to have to I mean, remember yeah, that here, when we get into more buying new appliances. Here in the UK, I mean, most of the extended warranties that you're offered in the store are actually subcontracted to specialist warranty companies anyway. Um, so so from that point of view, it doesn't surprise me. But what's, it, what's neat about this is that it's tied into the Sears product line. So effectively, if you need to, you know, as well, Lisa said, if you... It, yeah, if you, if you need to replace a thing, then you buy it directly from them. So, I mean, guess that's the the bonus to them is they're getting more revenue, um, you know, well, even well, if it's coming via the insurance company rather than they're still selling products. Which right, is, and the uh, services and, yeah. you know, when if they do have to replace it, they can't fix it. Well, then now they have another customer. Yeah, and, and they're getting, not only that, they're <laughs> getting you in the store. I mean, any time yeah. you can, as a retailer, you can get somebody in the store. Or on their website. Yeah, then that's a good Mm-hmm. You know, getting getting eyeballs in front of your product is is what it's all about. So uh, yeah, kind of smart. Well, this all um, came up because I talked about <laughs> my gas stove dying. Yeah, but I could also most likely run electric, and I was looking at buying something used from a person rather than buying brand new. Yeah. I just can't afford a brand new stove right now. They're not cheap, so. When we did that, and again, I think this was uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. When we were doing that episode after we were done, before I even edited the show, uh, Julie and I drove over to Marshall, Michigan, Mm -hmm. met these people to look at uh, an electric stove. They also had for sale a, uh, a dishwasher. Yeah. So when I got there, they were originally asking, I think it was 150 for the washer and dryer. she agreed uh for 75 for the stove now this was an electric stove glass top and it looked really nice when we got there she wasn't there but her husband was they were rebuilding this old farmhouse is really great and they just built this huge pole barn for their rv yeah and that's where the washer and the dishwasher or i'm sorry the stove and dishwasher was so julie and i looked at the stove and we were sold the only problem with it is one of the burners in the front wasn't working, so he had disconnected it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it was fine. Well, I can live with just one less burner. Yeah. And I could probably fix it anyways. Yeah. And the price was 75 bucks. Well, we looked at the dishwasher as well. It looked like it was in just as good a condition. He said it worked fine. 
uh, as the stove. So I said, well, how about a hundred for both? And he said, okay, we loaded up in the truck and left. So we have cool. that replacement stove and it works fine except for that one burner. I I've got to get the model number and see how much the replacement burner is going to cost. Yeah. It's probably going to cost as much as I paid for the stove itself. <laughs> but honestly, it still has three burners that work just fine. So, although yeah. I did notice, do you have an electric or a gas stove? Uh, I've had electric before. We have gas here. Um, we've got an electric oven, but a gas <coughs> stove. But I've, I've had electric stoves before. My, I've had gas for 15 years now, more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew up with an electric at at my parents' house. So I was kind of familiar with both. But when it came to buying my own, I got gas because I thought, well, I could really kind of control that temperature a lot better. You could see the size of the flame. What yeah. I didn't know is how long it could take an electric to get a pan hot, whereas a gas stove, it's hot within a minute. Electric yeah, takes I, a lot longer, especially at the I, glass top. Well, I, I think with the, the problem with the electric is you turn it on and then um, <gasps> it's got to heat everything between your pan and the burner up. And I've got that uh, glass top, so it's got to heat yeah, that exactly. up as well. So, so that soaks on the heat up. Whereas, you know, with gas, the flame immediately touches the pan. And they, they used to call it here, in, and the adverts here in the UK, they used to call it cookability. Yeah, saying that that gas had better cookability. Uh, you know, it I, does. I guess I guess you adapt to it. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I keep keep trying to tell my wife every time we because uh, we moved to the new house, we had new appliances. Every time she goes to put the oven on, she you know she we used to have a gas oven at our old house, and it used to take about half an hour for it to come up to temperature so she keeps turning the oven on and leaving it running for half an hour i'm saying look we've got an electric fan assisted oven it takes five minutes to get to temperature yeah you know <laughs> so don't don't uh, i did don't notice that the juice. oven does get a lot hotter and gets up to preheated conditions faster than the gas did it's just about the air circulation that's all. <laughs> yeah but with the yeah. gas stove the stove top there's no comparison yeah. Now, I have not installed the uh, dishwasher yet. It's actually still in the truck. It's been sitting out there for two weeks now. <laughs> um, I have to pull the other one out, and that's going to be a huge pain in the ass. In fact, I have to raise my counter just a little bit to be able to get it out of there. And right. it's it's a back-breaking job to get it out and install a new one. It really is. But I'm looking forward to doing that. And I did convert. Here's a funny thing. <coughs> I I thought that... I had installed the gas line for the stove when I moved into this house, when we bought this house, and I was right, we did. Um, but it didn't have the 220 plug for an electric. Mm-hmm. So I was going to run a whole new line over. And yeah. right before I did, and my oven or my uh, kitchen sits above a crawl space in my basement, it doesn't sit over the normal basement. Yeah. Um, which is kind of strange, but it is what it is. They didn't make the basement as big as the house. Weird. Right. Um, I was getting ready to run the new line over, or at least seeing how much I'm going, how much cord I'm going to need, wire. When I noticed, I saw a 220 wire spliced to another one going to the back of my house, and that's when I remembered. You know what? I used that 220 plug for a hot tub that we had when I when we had this hot many years ago. I sold that hot tub a long yeah. time ago, but I ran the two twenty to the hot tub and the, that hot tub's not there. So I just pulled the line back, stuck it back up through the hole, put a new plug on it. And I was good to go. Yeah. So it we, worked uh, out brilliantly. 
Yeah, all of our um, power is 220 here. Well, 240, actually, so yeah, more. Uh, we, we don't have that problem. I, I still think they use a special... I know our regs are different here. I think they I think they use some sort of special cabling or something for the for the elect, for the cooker. Um, yeah, it's got to be heavy. I, I don't know don't know an awful lot about it. Yeah, well, here in the U.S., the uh, the cord, the electric cable going to a two twenty is much thicker. Yeah, I mean it's true. handling a lot more power. So yeah, but thankfully I didn't have to. Other than a five dollar plug, I was good to go. That Very was good. that was kind of nice. Except for I had to crawl up in that crawl space and it's that's not fun you want to get that dishwasher in though before uh before the elements get to it it's in the back of her her, her uh truck it's not in a pickup truck oh right okay yeah you know, she's got a explorer oh right so, so it's it, covered over oh yeah 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 that's not an issue but i did want to do that follow-up because i never talked about it and i thought well i, I guess i should but Alyssa Paselli, thank you very much for sending that in. Great to know. I know that uh, I'm sure there's people listening that was kind of curious about that themselves. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm so sick of this coughing. You know what else I'm sick of? Go on. The whole, oh, this is a replacement for your PC. (laughs) You know, I'm really getting tired of those ads and that, that marketing you know, Microsoft is really doing that right now, and Apple's been doing that as well. That was the kind of the thrust about the new iPad Pro. And, yep. and Microsoft's doing the same thing with the Surface. This is a replacement for your PC. But it's really not. None of these devices well, are real replacements for a full-blown PC. Yeah, but the problem is, the reason they're doing that is because people aren't buying PCs anymore. So, you know, they're trying to encourage people to buy something in lieu of their PCs. It's becoming a real issue now is that the longevity of the... Actually, gone up a little bit. Yeah, but they're not... um, There's been a bump from Windows 10. Yep. um, And because, you know, that's one of the easiest ways to get a new copy of Windows is to buy a new PC. Um, But the thing is that the... Generally, if you look at the trends, the the market that market has been declining for years and years and years, and they've got a real issue now. The industry's painted itself into a corner because all these things we buy now last for a long time. That and, and um, you're you not know, getting a whole lot of. Uh, it used to be if you bought a, a Mac, let's say I bought a Mac in '95, and then I turn around, I'm looking at one in '97. Well, the one in '97 is significantly faster than the one in '95. Yeah. Jump ahead another two years. Now I'm looking at one in in 2000, significantly faster than 97 Mac, right? Yeah, that stopped around. I'm going to say 2010. Yeah, in fact, I'm talking to you right now on the 2010 21 and a half inch iMac. Yeah, it's got a three gigahertz Intel i3. Um, it's got a bit more than stock memory in there. But you know what? This computer does everything we need to. We have absolutely no need to go out and buy another iMac. That's and right. if we were to go out and buy an iMac today, yeah, we get a, maybe get a Retina screen and an SSD and something like that. It'd be faster. But this one's fast enough. And this but is the here's problem. the thing: you can even there. update that one. I mean, that's, I know. Yeah. Apple's trying to get away from that with these new super thin iMacs that you can't upgrade. Is kind of what they're soldered yeah. on RAM and that kind of crap. But, but I mean, yours, it, it, you could put an yeah. SSD in it from our I, sponsor OWC, for instance. I could do. Um, I, I the, pro- the, the problem with the iMac is you've got to pull the screen off to get in the incisors. I've done it before. I'm not really keen on doing that. But if you've... If yeah, you've, so got, you've just, got, it's not that difficult. 
Yeah, I know. I have done it before, but it's um, just a suction cup. Yeah, I know. It's but it's one of those things that's intimidating. That's it's one of those things like you you take it off you or you, you meet, as soon as the the top's off, you're thinking all all I have to do is drop something here and I've I've destroyed my computer. No, um, that's just class. You can still use it with the LCD exposed. Yeah. <coughs> well, sure. It's just a piece of glass on the front of your iMac. It's literally just a piece of glass that's held on with magnets. That's why you use the little suction cup and comes right off. You set it to the side. There's your LCD in front of you still in the iMac. It's it's not a big deal. I speak I I bow to your experience as somebody who's done this a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. it seems a lot more intimidating than it, it actually is. I mean, look, yeah. if if you broke the glass and you could still use the iMac, it's just an LCD screen there. It's not going to right. look as good. It'll look kind of like more like a steampunk iMac at that point, <laughs> which kind of actually is kind of cool. But no, it's 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 kind of like what Nemo was talking about in his email to us. He had his MacBook Pro, and he wanted to know if the SSD that I was talking about two weeks ago would work with his. And no, it wouldn't. He uses a standard SSD. And he was talking about, oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm kind of scared to crack this open, and I don't want to mess anything up. I'll send it into OWC to get it done. No, dude, it's it's not difficult. Unfortunately, yeah. they moved away from that. Apple did in 2013. They tried to make it so you can't open up your laptop. You can't open up, or if you can, they're using proprietary chips now, or soldered on RAM, so you can't upgrade them. That's Apple's. Yeah response to people are not buying new machines will make it so they have to so if something happens they can't just replace it they can't just upgrade it to make it a little faster no you just have to buy a new one i think it's a shitty way to go from a consumer's perspective but i totally get it from apple's perspective yeah and also as well i'm sure it's it's cheaper for them to manufacture their devices if if they're kind of all in one and they can't yeah you just glue a screen on instead of having to screw it in with machine screws and sure absolutely yeah but again from the consumer it doesn't help you as a consumer no well it makes me want to not get their products next time yeah you know and is windows so much worse than mac i don't think it is anymore in fact my wife (coughs) julie had been using a macbook Uh uh-huh for a while now, but it was, I think it's a 2008 and there was this, a lot of websites and stuff that she could not do on that machine. It just wasn't working right. It's just too out of date. It, we couldn't upgrade it enough. Yeah. And, and the battery had died in a long time ago. So even though it was a laptop, it really wasn't, it didn't even have a battery in it. I took it out cause it had swollen. Yeah. So it was a glorified 13 inch desktop at that point. Remember, I'm doing this, uh, and it's taking me a lot longer, this side project to build a mini PC or a mini arcade using an actual PC rather than an arcade board. Yeah. That company sent me two mini PCs. Well, I took one. I upgraded it to Windows 10, which was two clicks and waited two hours. Yeah. Uh, I stuck that on a LCD that we had sitting around, put on a mouse and a keyboard, and that's what she's using now, and she couldn't be happier. It blows the doors off of that old MacBook. It's not even uh-huh. close. Yeah. And uh, it's only got like 64 gigabytes of, of uh, flash storage, but she's not doing anything on the machine. Everything that she does is usually online. She saves yeah. a couple pictures, but then she uses it for 
her uh, circuit cutting and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. For what she's using, this sub two hundred dollar PC is just fine. Yeah, well, the, look, this is the this is the twist in the tale of Moore's Law. You know, we we as you say, around about two thousand ten, we got to the point where. Yes, they've been increasing performance, but actually the performance that, you know, it's, it's like having a faster Ferrari. It's, it's performance that most of the time you don't need and you don't see, yep. you know, it's like tooling around, it's like tooling around to the a supermarket in a supercar. Yeah. It's, it's comp- 95% of the time. It's completely and utterly wasted. Yeah. It's superfluous um, at a certain point. Yeah. What's the point? I'm going to spend... If I'm not even going to get a high-end machine, I'm still going to spend. If you buy an Apple product, thirteen to seventeen hundred dollars. Are yeah. you really getting that much more performance? Well, it depends on what you're replacing. If it was pre 2010, yes. If it's post 2010, not. If you just simply put an SSD into your your older machine and double up the RAM, max out the RAM, no, then it's not worth it because unless you want a Retina to screen a screen. I'll give you yeah. that, but well, that's one of the reasons that Apple it. went. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that Apple went to Retina is because because it was a tangible upgrade. Um, it was something you could quite easily point to and say this is better. Um, so yeah, that that's fine. But again, Retina screens are lovely and all of that, but it's not like the old screens on the old um, Apple products look terrible. You can't really tell the difference unless you've spent a lot of time in front of a Retina screen. Um, then you can you become used to seeing the difference. But I, I'm looking at a 21 and a half inch screen now; it looks perfectly fine to me. Would the retina look better? Yeah, absolutely. But um, it's not like this looks terrible. Hmm. You know, so you you it then becomes a luxury purchase. Um, you can really get by a long way with very old kit, and um, unfortunately, that's what's stifling the industry now. So even it's even what I think is affecting the iPads is the fact that a lot of people can do most of what they want to do perfectly well on their iPad too. So why would they go out and buy a new one? By the way, I just looked up the uh, the mini PC that uh, they sent me to upgrade with. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. They're, they don't actually sell that one anymore. They've replaced right. it, and the company's has changed. It's a different company. That's pretty weird. Uh, the equivalent now is a Quantum Byte, which is the name of, of the one that she has. Quantum Byte Windows 10 Fanless Mini Desktop PC, $145 to $169. Yeah. And and uh, you remember when you, it's not not so long back, you you had to go to a Mac and something like the Mac Mini to get something in this small form factor, and now everybody makes them. It's crazy. It's Yeah. It's a nice-looking little PC, and I can tell you what. For what she's doing, and honestly, for a lot of what I would do, streaming stuff, and it's fine. You can hook yeah. up to uh, a nice monitor or HDMI. It has HDMI out, and it's less yeah. than two hundred bucks. You know, the the, the LCD that she's using, uh, the one I was going to give her is the one that is kind of my. Mm, I guess you just call it my spare. It's the one that I use to test stuff on. It actually yeah. has a small, a couple small scratches on the screen. So it's nothing that I would use on an everyday basis, even though you don't really see the scratches when it's on. They're there. So it kind of bothers me. Yeah. 
I actually bought the monitor she's using for 10 bucks off someone on Facebook. It's an old Dell and it, it's, it's fine. It works great. And it's yeah. still bigger than the, the MacBook she was using. So realistically, the PC she's using, if you had to buy a new keyboard and mouse, which I already had, it's still less than 200 bucks. Yeah. In fact, this same company I'm seeing for um, less than $100, they do the little PC sticks. Yep. You know, the HDMI ones as well. Uh, but, let's, uh, just... let's take our break a little bit early, David, um, and we'll be okay. right back. Hi, I'm Tim Robertson from the Tech Fan Podcast. And I'm David Cohen from the Tech Fan Podcast. And we wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Stoplight Network. Stoplight is a community of podcasters. We're a group of people who are passionate about podcasting, and we're looking for people who have either existing or new podcasts who might be interested in joining us. So check it out at www.stoplightnetwork.com. And while you're at it, check out our show, the Tech Fan Podcast part of the stoplight network of podcasts back here on tech fan 254 tim robertson that's me david cohen that's him sorry about that folks sometimes you have to take an early break i'll leave it to your imagination why (laughs) (laughs) so we were talking uh before we took that break david about how i'm getting sick of this post pc or pc replacement thing yeah I, i don't know what our pc replacement is yet I don't think it's been invented. Is it your phone? Is it a tablet? Eh, doesn't feel like it. No, it's a, in some respects, it seems to be all three of those things uh, in in some degree. In that, you know, very often many pe- people have more than one of those devices and use the appropriate thing for the appropriate job. Don't you feel like we're um, in the in between time? Like we've had computers and the cell phones and the tablets for a while now. There's something yep. else coming that we don't know about yet. That's going to be the next big thing. That's kind of I how get, I feel. I don't get the sense from the industry, though, that the industry is working on finding the next big thing. It seems like everyone has just doubled down on what there is. Yeah, I agree um, with that, too. No, yeah. No, nobody's looking for something new. So maybe maybe it will be truly disruptive and it'll come out of nowhere, come out of the left field. I think that's um, gonna. I, I think that's absolutely gonna happen. Do you think it's gonna come from a company yeah. like Apple though that has that much money that kind of already has their post PC strategy, which is iOS? Yeah, I, it's hard to see. The one of the problems of being successful is you focus on redoing the thing that's successful, um, and it certainly sounds like from all the rumors that, that when Apple is looking to diversify, they're looking to get into completely different markets, not to refine the markets they're in. I mean, who knows if the, uh, if the iPad sales, uh, I, I dislike the meme that says that, you know, iPad sales are tanking because they're not, they're just not growing. Um, if the iPad sales really did start to tank and people stopped buying them, I guess they would invest in trying to figure out why and maybe doing something different. But for the moment, I think it's a, you know, it's a good business for them. It may not be the iPhone business, but I think the iPhone is an anomaly because it's so huge and so big. Um, and, and I don't think you can compare anything else to it, but I, I don't get the impression that they're busily working away on, on reinventing the computer again. Um, and so I don't think it would come from Apple. And, and I, I don't think, don't think it would come, come from, no, you're going to say Microsoft no. and absolutely. Yeah. Not. Microsoft or HP or any of the others. No, they're all very they're myopic. Yeah. I mean, basically, everyone's just the only one who's actually innovated is Microsoft with the Surface, which at least is an attempt to do something different. And then the rest of the industry is just copying that now. 
So I wouldn't even um, think I wouldn't even say that that's innovative. I, I think it's just a PCified iPad. I mean, it's just let's take the i the concept of the iPad and slap Windows on top of it. That's all it is. Yeah, they. It's a little. That's bit, all it is. I think I think it moved the needle a little bit further than that. <laughs> a little in bit. The, in the, uh, but only only because it it, beca- it took the <coughs> iPad's form factor and it made it more like a PC. Right, but um, that's not to me. You, that's not changing the industry. That's that's well, writing I, on I what was it, already there, and somebody else it, invented once again. I think it. I think it's interesting from the PC perspective to see that rather than do what we all thought they would do, which is come up something that looked exactly like the iPad but was running a cut down version of Windows, they even with the even with the ARM version of Windows, they developed the RT. Um, they actually said, well, let's make this much more PC centric, so it's more of a PC and less of a less of a tablet. Yeah. I think that was interesting. Um, I think the whole Windows Eight experiment and the the op, the attempt to try and merge the PC operating system and the tablet operating system was interesting. It didn't work, but it was interesting. I think at least they were trying to innovate. I don't see anybody else in the industry really innovating at all. And all um, Microsoft really is doing is cannibalizing netbook sales. I mean, that's gone. I mean, who's yeah, buying netbooks I, anymore? Well, that became the Surface thing. Well, and anybody no, else that has that's not a, an, an iPad, if it's anything else, what is it? It's an Android device, and no one's buying those in tablet form. Yeah, no, the, what happened with the netbooks is that the netbooks became the whole PC industry. We've just been talking about that. Yeah, that's kind of you true, know, the, too. Remember when the, the netbooks came out, they were $200 laptops yep. at a time when the laptop started at $800, $900. Now all computers start at that price and then go up a little bit. And, you, you know, it's very rare in the PC industry to so spending more than five, dollars $600 on a on a, a high-end device unless you're corporate. Yeah, there's you a know, few that's many, trying, but... Yeah, I, it's I, only, know, only really it's in the consumer space. It's only Apple who are who are dominating that space. Yeah, Apple it, owns, what, like 90% devices. of PCs over $1,000. Yeah. That's, so, that's uh, you know, that and, and this is the problem. This, this goes back to what we're talking about. This is why the industry, PC industry generally is desperate to try and get people to upgrade their devices because they need volume, particularly these low margins, and they're just not getting it at the moment. Speaking you know, of... And plenty uh, of Go ahead. Plenty of people are pulling out the industry. Toshiba just pulled out the laptop industry. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of upgrading instead of buying new, if you have, let's say, a early 2014 MacBook Air and you opted for the 128 gigabyte model, you're probably running out of internal storage space, especially with the fact that we all take photos on our iPhones. You're syncing it to that iPad Air or uh, iPad Air. Wow. MacBook Air, <laughs> you need more storage space. Well, our sponsor, OWC, is the only company that has an internal upgrade path for that machine. It's called the Aura SSD. You can get it in 480 gigabytes up to one terabytes. It is an SSD, extremely fast, and it starts at 347. So if you've got that MacBook Air, mid-2013 and later, and you need a new drive, there's only one place you can get it now, OWC. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for the Aura SSD. Make sure you click that link, you check it out, and you buy it if you've got one of those machines. MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, mid-2013 and later. I mean, a lot of people bought those 2014 MacBook Air, David, and they're 
they're just going to run out of storage space. Yep. And Unless you, know you slap gonna... an external on it, which is fine, except it's not very portable at that point. Well, uh, what I'm going to do is actually call out one of other uh, OWC's other products that I've always been um, very admiring of. I never tried one myself, but I've always wanted to, which is the uh, Envoy Pro Mini. I've got two of them. Isn't... Yeah. Well, three now. They've got a 480 gig as well. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I've and, got uh, two of them. Oh, you've got – you own two of them. Yeah, in yeah. fact uh, – it's basically an SSD stick. Yeah. It, it looks SSD like a thumb drive. With USB 3. Right. It looks like a thumb drive, yeah. but it's not. It's an actual SSD. I've got it on the mini PC arcade build that I was telling you about earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. I've got that stuck in that little mini PC. Yeah. It works great. So if you want... if. If you want more storage and you want SSD speed, but you don't want to open your MacBook up, just, you know, like we were talking about John Nemo before, yep. didn't like the idea of doing that, uh, and you don't mind having something sticking out the side of your computer, then look at one of these. They start $100 for a 120 gig, um, and you'll get a very fast extra drive for your laptop for um, relatively little money and no maintenance requirement. I have a, uh, a Windows 10 VM on one of those that I use with my Mac. Yeah. Yep. The problem that I ran into once was I accidentally unplugged it when Windows 10 was <laughs> running. My Mac didn't like but that. But it didn't like that very much. Didn't like that at all. <laughs> didn't like it at all. So let's, uh, by the way, thank you to uh, MacSales.com for the sponsorship. And uh, we do appreciate that. Let's get to our uh, feedback before we get to our Captain America Civil War discussion. Now, last week's episode, we were talking about the Times Top 50 Gadgets. Um, We got a really good response on Twitter from Scott Wilsey because we talked about the Segway was on there, and we were like, ugh. Yeah. So Scott says, the Segway is the Google Glass of transportation. No one wants to be seen on one, and it does nothing a bicycle or similar device can't do. Honestly, it reminds me of a standing version of the carts people who can't even walk anymore ride around on them Wally. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. I, I love that so much. Yeah. The Segway is yeah. the Google Glass of transportation. That yeah. that's, it, He's absolutely 100% right. Spot on, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Scott, thank you very much for the feedback. That's uh, I, I, I kind of agree with him, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've I've tried the Segway, and it is a great device. Having said that, it's not as safe as many people say. If you fall off one of those things, and it is possible, um, they're big, they're heavy, and they can really, really hurt you. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it, it it was a big, expensive toy. It's a great piece of technology, but it, it, he's absolutely right. It's, it's not something you want to be seen riding around on a regular basis, because people are going to look at you and judge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like Google Glass. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Michael Breed uh, contributes at MyMac.com. He is a school teacher. And we talked about 3D printing as part of that list as well. And he sent feedback about 3D printers in education. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. He says, I was just listening to TechFan253, and I heard you talking about 3D printers in schools. I've got a couple of points of clarification from you from a teacher's perspective. While they are not common in all United States classrooms, they are in nearly every school. They're used in our technology classrooms. There's a big push nationwide to promote STEM education. STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. We have a real need for intelligent, scientifically literate engineers in our society. We need to educate our students as such. 
Students in our technology classes are solving design challenges, coding, coming up with solutions to problems and thinking logically. Using a 3D printer encourages all of that. They're a perfect addition to any technology classroom, in my opinion. I would love one for my lab since I'm constantly tweaking and coming up with parts and fixing up solutions to lab setups nearly every day. The ability to custom design and build parts for laboratory apparatus would be really useful. Having students work on that would encourage creativity and logical thinking as well. Just my two cents from a teacher's perspective. Great show. Cheers, Michael Breed. Well, the thing is, I, I, I agree with, and yes, thank you, Michael. I agree with what he's saying. But I'm also saying they're not using them. That's the problem with these things in education. A lot of schools yeah. are getting them. They're not doing much with them. Um, yeah. The schools nowadays here in the United States all seem to focus on teaching kids to pass a certain test for no right. for uh, no child left behind. Because if they don't yeah. pass that test, they don't get good grades, they get less money the following year. And it's it's a huge problem in education. Do I think that 3d printing technology in classrooms is a good idea? Absolutely. And I hope I didn't give the impression that I think it's a bad idea. I think it's a great idea. I just don't think they're going to do it. The teachers are overworked. So are the students in a lot of school districts and they simply can't afford these, uh, especially here yeah, in Michigan. I see what's going on in the, like the Detroit and the Flint public school systems. They can't afford they they can't afford new windows. They can't afford to yeah. get mold off the walls. They can't yeah. afford to replace bathrooms that have broken. You're going to buy a 3D printer, and uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of school districts like this. This all goes back to yeah. um, it, it, the Western world needs to stop focusing on the next great thing. And I don't know, just put some money into the current infrastructure, rebuilding that before you worry well, about yeah. the next big thing, before you worry about a 3d printer, how about a school environment that actually encourages kids to learn and they don't have to worry about drinking uh, bad water like in Flint yeah. or I mean, that, that, being able to use a bathroom. That's, that's all really important. The school infrastructure is, is a big, big problem. Something we've wrestled with here in the UK and, you know, we had a big um, kind of public-private partnership with the last Labour government um, four or five years ago was when they when they lost power. Uh, and it turns out a lot of those schools have, have now got problems. They weren't that well built and that sort of thing. But, you know, replacing, uh, you know, the physical infrastructure, books and buildings and all that sort of thing is just as important as what you equip schools with. But and I, it's not I think, sexy. You know, yeah, but 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 Michael makes a very good point. Is that you, there's a big push in here in the UK for STEM as well, and it is really important because one of the things technology like 3D printers can do is is stimulate kids to get involved Absolutely. in technical subjects, which often they can be put off by because you know they think they're very uh, geeky or they're very uh, you know mentally challenging. So if you can bring kids into those classrooms and stimulate them with devices like that, that's that's great. The problem I find is that, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this, is that the concept of one 3D printer in a school, to me, doesn't sound like it's enough. If you're well, gonna no, make it takes six hours technology. to make something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if every kid in a class wants to make something, then that's, you know, that's not scalable for the whole school. And if, if, if that's the objective is to try and turn on the whole school to uh, to engineering, then then to me, that's a start, but not not far enough. And I think this goes back to what we were saying about the inclusion of 3D printing on the list is the list was 
influential gadgets and we don't think that 3d printing is influential yet no it's, i think it should be and it could be but it's not it should be and it hopefully it will be yeah. but not today yeah when 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 it's cheap enough that that many people can afford to have one at home then then i think and and have them reliable and much uh, less technical to use than they are today then i think it will be influential and yep. uh you know hopefully the schools will help get us there but not at the moment not at the moment there's too many other problems with schools nowadays that quite honestly need to be addressed before we I, I wish it wasn't either or but yeah it kind of is um if there's a if there's a choice between you know starting to rebuild some of the infrastructure in these schools or getting a classroom full of 3d printers i'm going for the infrastructure each and every time yeah but yeah. it you know i'm not a teacher either although no. There's a lot of teachers on Julie's side of the family, so I, I'm actually pretty well educated on it. I didn't know what STEM is, um, and I like you. I think it's extremely important for the future generations. Yeah, but a 3D printer doesn't do a whole lot of good in a leaky classroom. <laughs> well, maybe you could make a a 3D a 3D object that would plug the leaks. And look, not and not every school district is like that, but no. too many are. Yeah, and they're all pooling from the same amount of money. So, anyways, let's move on. Um, one bit of news that goes back to feedback that we've got before and the discussion that we had before we get to Civil War. And that's, we were talking about Disney Infinity not supporting the Apple TV platform anymore. Yeah. Well, David, it looks like that was just a harbinger of things to come. That uh, Disney, in fact, did stop supporting the Apple TV and PC and oh, by the way, uh, every video Everything. game they make, they're, yeah. Disney is getting out of the video game business. Which, I'll be honest, David, I don't think it's such a bad idea. I think Disney in, uh, Infinity, from watching Cole and Brooke play it a few times, although they don't play it as much as they I thought they would, um, and that's kind of my fault. Uh, it seemed like a fun game, but. I don't know. Was Disney kind of spreading themselves too thin here? I mean, amusement parks, movies. Um, what are they really good at? What's their core competency? I don't think video games, they, and they've been doing it for many, many years, but I don't think that was their their strong suit. Let, let the companies that design video games, you know, that's their core competency. Let them do it. Let them take your properties and make you a lot of money by creating some great game. Well, they wanted to cash in the whole Skylanders things and apparently that is you know the the these kind of you know uh toy to life products are starting to lose a bit of steam in general now yeah well um, i bought I, cole and brooke uh disney and infinite infinity i'm sorry uh skylanders and the lego one all at the same yeah. time so they had basically the same type of thing and they didn't kind of take any of them although i i do have to say of all three of those, it was the Disney Infinity ones that they played the most. Well, Alexander played the Skylanders the most. He was really, he's really into that. He still is really into that. Um, I, the the problem I always find with Disney Infinity is it, it seemed it didn't seem to guide you about what you were meant to do. It was it was too much of an open world. Yeah, I you know you See, put the things on there. I would like there. that, but the kids kind of need that structure. Yeah, they, well, this is it. The kids kind of were going, well, well what are we meant to do? And at, at the end of the day, I think the problem as well is the way it was sold. The all of the all of the characters were kind of bundled in packs. Yeah. 
So you get a cars pack, you get a frozen pack. You get a... The problem is you take all these things and mix them kind of up. And so then you have, um, you know, Jesse from Toy Story and Elsa from Frozen in the same world. Well, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, it's, it's not a great way to play. Well, it, it could be fine yeah. if they had more structure. But yeah. regardless, yeah. Disney's not doing video games, period. Not just this, but all video games. It's all done. That whole division's going bye-bye. Well, I, I don't I don't understand. Uh, and to me, Disney is all about the uh, you know the bulk of their business is is um, using their um, movie properties to to have loads of spin off stuff. Yeah, but they can I mean, make you know, a lot the, the more lo- money by outsourcing video games. Well, that's fine. If that's fine, if they're going to go the outsourcing route and they're going to do it properly, then then that's fine. Uh, you know, one of the advantages they've always had is they had more control by doing things themselves. But the problem is. They've been doing things themselves and doing it badly. So yeah. the control's been wasted. So we'll see what happens. Now. It wouldn't surprise me if in five years' time they're back to doing their own video games again because I suspect at the moment the problem is not the, is not the ideas, it's the execution. The problem with Disney Infinity is it just kind of was thrown on the wall and left there. Um, and, you know, that's not going to help you if you're going to outsource this stuff. Um, either you've still got to... You've got to take a smart, smarter control of it. And um, at the moment, Disney just doesn't seem capable of doing that. Uh, I, and I feel bad for all the people who've kind of, you know, invested in this system and are, are now going to be left hanging, really, because obviously it's going to die on the vine. And a lot, a lot of people have spent a lot of money on this stuff. Yeah. Yep. Including me. Um, <laughs> so speaking of Disney, they, of course, own Marvel. And Marvel had a new movie come out. Uh, I've seen it. I'm actually taking Cole and Brooke tonight to see it. And that yeah. is Captain America Civil War. You did see it, I know. You texted me. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I thought it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> Absolutely not. This is, this is, I, I, this is the, I mean, I was excited the first time I went to see the, the Avengers um, this to me was better than the original Avengers movie. I agree. Um, and that to me, was, that's a hard thing to say because I honestly didn't think, look, when Avengers came out, it was, it was something that I never thought I would actually see on screen. Yeah. Uh, I will never see Thor in a big Thor movie there. How are they going to make that work? Well, Marvel did Captain yeah. America. Kind of a patriotic, corny, kind of one-dimensional character. No, they made that work in the movies. Um, Iron Man. He's the one that kicked the whole Marvel Universe off. Brilliant movie. This uh, Two and three, not as much. But the first one was just amazing. But seeing them all come together with the Hulk, with a cool Hawkeye, with Black Widow. Oh, it's so good. It will never get better. Well, it did. Uh, Winter yeah. Soldier was a better movie. I mean, that was yeah. a political thriller that just blew me away when I watched it. I, I loved Captain America, the first Avenger. I thought it was a, one of the best uh, origin stories I've ever seen. I thought yeah. it was, story-wise, even better than the Iron Man movie. Yeah. Yeah, I know I'd agree with that because cause it, it not only was – it was <laughs> the whole movie was an origin story. Right. I mean, it was really until the third – it was uh, it wasn't until the third act that he became the proper Captain America. Whereas, um, you know, with Iron Man, the first half was the origin story. The second half was the – was the battle. I actually felt left 
I fe- I felt let down by the by the baddie fight in Iron Man. I thought I it agree. didn't pay I th- it didn't pay off for the, for the rest of the movie. But actually, the origin part of Iron Man was amazing as well. Yeah. But the thing is, is this film, it's it's all oh, right. So it's it's a Captain America movie. But it's okay. really Avengers 2.5. But it's really an Avengers 2.5 movie. But despite that, they still centered it on Captain America. Yep. It would be very easy for them to just throw these things in there and Captain America get lost in the mix. But no, it's actually the whole plot is driven by Captain America and his decisions. And, and you, this uh, is spoilers, people. If you, if you haven't yeah. seen the movie, don't listen yeah. to this part. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. They, 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 and, and the advantage that Marvel has over what, DC tried to do with um, Batman versus Superman is that they have spent many movies developing these characters. Yeah, and and then just when you think you know them, they change. And they well, they didn't change overnight. They didn't change just for this movie. No. The, the events in this movie happen because of the last ten years that they've spent building yeah. a cohesive universe in which the actions that happen in those other movies have ramifications. Think about that for a minute. You never see that in movies. You rarely see that close continuity in comic books. You, yeah. you have to go to something like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars to see that kind of continuity. And yet, here they are. They're showing you the stuff that the Avengers have done in the past. Yeah. Uh, and not just the Avengers. They... They showed the Winter Soldier, the what happened with S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, these were big, massive events that happened, and the Avengers can't just keep running around willy-nilly doing whatever the hell they want to do. People are dying. Now, the flip side of that is, yeah, but we're saving more people. Yes, some people died. We're not the ones that caused those people to die. We, we, We saved more people from dying. Yeah, but the, I, I mean, I, if there's if there's one criticism I have of this movie is that the motivations of some of the characters at no point did no did anybody turn around and say, "Well, hang on a minute, why don't you just blame the bad guys?" No, you know, no, why, I get that. You... No, no, and, because and, and here, to, here's the thing. Fair, yeah, to be fair, I mean, actually, the last Avengers movie, Age of Ultron, the bad guy was created by the Avengers. So yeah, I guess uh, you know, um, absolutely, it, it was. Yeah, it, uh, the the point is is that even when people make decisions that ten, I mean the the way Tony Stark acts in this movie is is completely odd to his character at the beginning of the Marvel comic universe uh, cinematic universe, and yet you buy it because it makes sense. Well, not only and, does it make sense, it's been established through th- four movies before that he was having a really a hard time, especially in Iron Man three. He was having a nervous breakdown in that movie. Yeah. You know the kid. The one kid mentions uh, the what happens in New York, and he freaks yeah. out. I mean, he's having a panic attack. So this is someone who's point- who's not doing well mentally. He's still Tony Stark. Yeah, but but he has but a lot of guilt. Yeah, but the way it's presented here, and this is what's what to me was really clever about this, is that you didn't need to have seen all of that to get what was going on in the movie, and it was still just as convincing. The way they presented. Um, his decisions, um, Steve Rogers' decisions, even people who, who we haven't seen for f- five or six movies, like um, like Thunderbolt Ross, they come in, and the way that the story is pitched and presented is you immediately understand where their motivations are coming from, and you buy it, and you buy into the characters, which means you become in- hugely invested. And in you what's know going why? On. It's because right Marvel Marvel is trusting the audience to be up to date on yeah. the history. 
they're they're trusting in the intelligence of the moviegoer, whereas DC did not do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's hard to say. Look, I didn't I didn't really want to have to rehash Superman v Batman because that's unfair. But it's not unfair because you have two movies that are very similar in themes. The good guys yeah. are fighting. Why are the good guys fighting in Superman versus Batman? I, I don't know. And why did they stop fighting? Because they had this mom with the same name. I mean, it was it was stupid on every level. Yeah, it, they had a, basically they had a massive misunderstanding that was exploited by everybody around them. Right. That was that was which which is is weak. It's very very weak when you've got godlike beings fighting each other over because they don't communicate very well. Right, and they're we manipulated th- by Lex Luthor. Yeah. And we still don't know why he wanted to manipulate them, and somehow he makes this thing that they've all got to yeah. band together. It, it was so yeah. cliche. Acting was terrible. In this, in this movie, in this movie, they are fighting because they communicate, because they communicate so well, and because they so understand each other so well that they really, when they disagree, I mean, it's a real stand-up fight purely because they can't believe that people that they fought with side by side for years can't agree with their point of view. And then at the second point, there's a whole other sublay going on where you find out they are all still being manipulated. And they're being manipulated in a in a believable way, and that when, and when you see the kind of the turning point at the third act, yeah, it, it kind of you know one you, you it's one of those things you you kind of dawns on you that you've been shown this all the way through and you haven't seen it coming. Yeah, it's it was inc- it was incredibly well done, and just when you thought you kind of knew where the movie was going, it and doesn't. It's tying up it to, takes a right. You know, yeah, they've gotten over it, and now they're going to have to fight the big bad. Then it takes another turn. I mean, yeah. I was sat there having seen some of the trailers thinking, well, hang on a minute. I've seen something in the trailer that I haven't seen the movie yet. And I can't see how they get there from here. And then they did. And it was so well done. And you bought it completely. And not only that, they brought in side characters. They brought in characters who were coming in for further movies down the line. And they did it. Even the ones who were shoehorned in at the last minute, like Spider-Man, they did it in a way that did not destroy the movie. They worked in Enhanced the movie. It. The characters bought them straight away and in fact you immediately <laughs> thought i want to see more of this look the and these end- were guys who had 10 15 right. minutes of screen time the end of this movie when you think okay he the, the big scene is going to be iron man realizes that cap was telling the truth yeah he goes and joins them yeah they're finally reunited and they're going to fight these bad winter soldiers yeah guess what nope doesn't happen because the bad guy it, it this is, is just, one of the few movies. You sympathize with this bad guy 100%. His I family mean, was killed. This is probably the first... Yeah, not only do you sympathize with him, this is probably the first movie I can think of since, I don't know, maybe The Empire Strikes Back, where effectively the bad guy wins this one. He does, absolutely. You know, and, and you, you look at it and you think, yeah, well, that's fair, because he was actually outplaying everybody. And not for some... You know, we see that a lot in movies, but it's kind of some magic, you know... They are ex machina. It's it's you know he's like oh well we just decided he is this you can see why he was you can see this this is why the, this guy was the smartest guy in the room and he knew how to play all the all the Avengers uh, like a piano. And I love you the know? fact that he doesn't die at the end. Yeah, absolutely. The Black Panther doesn't allow him to take the easy way out. Yeah, and, and look, I love the fact that through most of the movie you're kind of on Captain America's side. I think the audience is kind of, they understand Tony's perspective, but 
They don't agree with him. But they don't really agree with yeah. him. And then at yeah. the end, where the bad guy reveals that it was the Winter Soldier who killed Tony Stark's parents in the 70s. Yeah. And by the way, how awesome is the opening of that movie where you see a young Robert Downey Jr.? Holy crap. Am <laughs> I watching what? Pretty in Pink? What the hell is I'm, going on? I went to see it with Alexandra, my wife, and she had her jaw open at the beginning of the movie. She was, she, she's lunch and she says, how, how did they do that? They did the same so, thing with Michael Douglas and Ant-Man. Yeah. It, oh, it was, was so amazing. But yeah, but it, I mean, the thing is, you, you bought it. Not the. I mean, it wasn't just a great special effect. You just bought it. Uh, you yeah. You start thinking, have they found footage and done something with it? And you know, it was it was amazing. It was it amazing. Was. But yeah. the beginning of it ties in exactly perfectly to the end of it, where they're finally together. They're going to fight the big bad guys. The bad guys aren't there. He reveals that it's the Winter Soldier who kills Tony's parents. And then the fight that we've seen ensure, ensues. Yeah. And whose side are you on? You kind of still want Cap to win until Tony looks at him and says, he killed my mom. Yeah. Holy crap. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, who's not on Tony's side at that point? Yeah. The Winter Soldier killed his mom. He killed his mom, dude. Yeah. Of no, course, I, he's gonna. I, he's gonna be. He's gonna be. It doesn't matter yeah. if he was brainwashed. He he killed his mom. How could you not That's be right, on his yeah. side at that point? How, how can you? How can you not expect him, uh, the Wind Soldier, to account talk, for talk that? About, and for, yeah, to be responsible for it. And yet, you and know, he remembers. Sudden, That's the other part all, that he remembers yeah. killing these people. Was he in yeah. control of himself? No, and that's why Captain America is fighting for him. It's that's his best friend. That's the guy he grew up with. They have history. He became Captain is, America yeah. kind of because of him you you've you've taken the, the masterpieces <clears throat> movies you take the motivations of somebody who's the most straight laced yeah um morally unambiguous character in the whole marvel universe yeah and you basically put him in an area that's so gray and so twisted and so difficult you know the, and it, he it knew is, yeah don't, don't don't forget captain america already knew yeah he knew the winter soldier bucky his best friend killed tony's parents yeah. and he knew his dad i i don't want to say they were friends but they knew each other they did. yeah and yet he didn't tell tony how could he he's in a he's stuck in a situation where his best friend did it under duress under mind control whatever but yet he did it yeah i as i say so I, good I, you know it's oh so God. good and not only that it, it you know even if it was just that story and the the action sequences were were kind of okay. That yeah. would be that would be a fabulous movie. Yep. But oh my god, the action sequences of this are masterpieces. Oh, the beginning yeah. of it with the Avengers, the new Avengers on that mission. Yeah. Oh, that was such a great action piece. Yeah, and, and, and was, I thought was, Crossbones was going to be kind of this throwaway character. He was a badass. Yeah, and and they filmed it in the kind of the cinema verite, you know, Jason Bourne yeah. shaky style. So yep. it gave it some edginess, and you weren't really sure what was going on. Which, of course, is the whole point because that's how they end up, you know, getting in trouble because things get out of control. Um, yeah, it was it was incredibly well done and, and tonally very different from. The later big action sequences. Uh, all three sequences, there's there's basically four of them in the whole movie. Each one of them is completely different and would yeah. be a massive 
that would be the main fight scene in any movie. And they had four. The and, chase yeah. scene with Black Panther going after Bucky on the motorcycle. And, and again, with that as well, how many times have we seen, you know, road chase scenes in movies? And they're always like, okay, we've seen all of this before. You've never Absolutely seen this. Not. This this does things. Again, you just think, how could they do that? And again, talk about scene setting. Yeah. You take, for, for I thought Black, the guy who played Black Panther was amazing. Bozeman. Yeah, he was because great. Because he... You know, normally you see these characters, and and you know they, the whole, the very name Black Panther it sounds black exploitation. It sounds right. like token. Yeah, no, this guy owns the owns the the set as soon as he's on it. He personifies. You know, yeah, I'm a king. I'm a king of a sovereign country, and I'm a king of a sovereign country that can kick your ass. Yeah, and I don't take it from anybody. And he put that as soon as he's on the set. It was amazing. And then you find out the guy's effectively a superhero as well. And he doesn't, you know, he, he even when he when he's got people kind of making jibes at his costume or anything, he just he doesn't care because he knows he's a king. And you see, he's as soon as you see him on the screen, you say, "Yeah, that guy's a king." I am so excited for the Black Panther movie because I thought he was amazing. And now let's talk about Spider Man. Here's a character Marvel gets back that's been done, I will say, the first two reboots of Spider-Man. The first one with Tobey Maguire, the very first one, was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock was pretty good, but only because of Doc Ock. Uh, yeah. Spider-Man 3 was just, oh my God, it was so bad. It was a mess. The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield was pretty good. The second one, it was pretty bad. Yeah. So Sony, obviously, they get some good ideas, but then they just try to exploit it to sell more toys, and it just doesn't work. They really don't know what they're doing. Let Marvel take creative control back of this character. So what do they do? They cast Spider-Man, and I think in the strongest incarnation of the character. He's a high school kid. Yeah. Not only that, did you notice he had a Queen's accent? Of course he yeah. had a Queen's accent. That's where he's from. Yeah. He's a he's actually a British actor, Tom Holland yeah. as well. So he was acting his socks off in yeah. this because you totally bought him as a as a you know an American high school kid with, with superpowers. You know, he uses he, he uses all the all the Spider Man cracks, but what you never got from the comics was you know he was doing that to cover up the fact he was terrified about. Yeah, what he was absolutely. Doing. And in no, you did get that in the comic fighting. books. He, he yeah. they they talk about that quite a bit. But I also like the fact that Aunt May Marissa Tomei isn't some mummy. I never understood that. I kind of did when I was a kid. I just kind of assumed that. But think about this. Why did, was she always so damn old in the comic books? If he's in high yeah. school, she would be our age as his aunt. Well, I think I think it, you know it came from the t when Spider Man was created. It came from the time there is where you know you it was like um you know a, a very old a more, a more aged, more wise paternal yeah. and maternal father figure. But dude, another her, figure. But Marissa Tomei. Sitting on the couch. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and Tony says it in the movie. Says, yeah. You know, yeah. How come your aunt is so hot? <laughs> and she is. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and again, the, and the he's going to be in the, the Spider-Man homecoming, by the way. Yeah. He, it, it was, again, the way they brought, brought him in. You, I mean, you could tell from the way it was set up you, that it was filmed. It was shoehorned in. Or written as a different part of the movie, but mm -hmm. they made it work. It, it, you know, it makes you, you think about it. Well, hang on a minute, it makes total sense. 
this movie, in this movie, Tony is basically worried about the power that superheroes have, and he's becoming concerned that they're not accountable. Of course he's going to be looking around to see if there are other supers around. Of course, in the city where he's got his tower uh, and near where the Avengers mansion is, he's going to be aware that there's another super. He's going to find out who he is, find out everything about him. So, of course, when he needs to bring one in, he's going to know and go to him and say, I'm going to take you under my wing. And it, it, it just fit perfectly. It was so well done. And then when when you actually see Spider-Man on, on screen in the fight sequence, it was brilliant because he, he's fighting these guys. He's trying to impress Tony Stark. At the same time, he's in awe of all of them. And, he do, you know, he, he's trying his hardest, he, but he also thinks they're all extremely cool. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he's, he's clever. He's got all the tricks you see in the comics in terms of, you know, he's smart. He, he knows how to use his powers. It was just – it was all brilliantly done. Yeah. And remember – I don't know, for those who have seen it, obviously, except for the Vision and the Scarlet Witch, he's the most powerful character there. Yeah. I mean, he's stronger than Captain America. I mean, the agility that he showed in that movie with the quips, with, whoa, you've got a metal arm. I mean, it was just so good. And then then on top of all that, they tried to put in a character who was in a caper movie last, Ant-Man. Yeah. How do you bring again, Ant-Man into this? And yet, the perfect way. He knows yeah. Sam Wilson, the, the Falcon. They yeah. even have a little reference. Like, oh, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, that was a good tryout. Oh, yeah. yes. Uh, shut up already. Um, <laughs> it, it, he was completely in character. He was no different than he was in Ant-Man movie. Yeah. Um, and his big... I've done this once. I'll give you guys a chance here. I, I, I did this once and I passed out. So I, it's, it's only going to last a few minutes. And he goes to Giant Man. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you didn't know that was coming, and I actually I knew that was coming. Um, yeah. Ugh, to see Giant Man fighting like that. For Spider-Man to say, hey, you ever see that old movie, Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> and he starts webbing his feet together to knock him into yeah. the plane. Yeah. Oh my god! Just it, it was just brilliant all the way around. It was it was really yeah it was really well done. They, you know that really I have the, any criticism I have are, are really minor nickels. This is this is not this is not, and we said this about Captain America: The Winter Soldier as well. But you know this is not just a great superhero movie. It's a great movie, and anybody would enjoy this, and anybody would get a lot out of it. And to have that amount of heart and pathos and emotion and investment in the characters in a superhero movie really it's, it's a huge achievement and i have to say the russo brothers who are behind behind this you know we're behind the winter soldier as well i mean they, you know these guys are and they're going to do the next two part. avengers movies as yeah. well and um you know and, and to, to have something that works so well with so many characters in that's I mean, so yeah, difficult to do you could you could perhaps criticize and say there was a little bit of oh well this character gets a little bit and then this little get character gets a little bit and you know and perhaps it may have may have flowed slightly more with fewer characters in it but you know it's think about when hawkeye goes to get wanda i didn't see that coming no and in fact i was assuming hawkeye wasn't going to be in the movie right but then there he is and he's 100 percent in character he's actually got to go to get a super powerful character and he's got to stop another super powerful character from preventing him to do so. And he's already got a plan when he gets there. Yep. And how great is the vision in a freaking sweater? <laughs> yeah. How great is that? 
Yeah. No, and, and you know, this is, again, they, they're exploiting the, the material from the comics. The fact is, you've got this super powerful character. Nobody even knows how powerful he is. He doesn't even know how powerful he is. And he can't function properly because he's falling for somebody and he doesn't know what to do about it. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he really, again, you, t- you take a, an inhuman character and you make him conflicted in a believable way. Um, you know, very, incredibly well done. Really, really, uh, you know, really well done. And Black I, I just, Widow, just Black Widow switching sides ostensibly at the end of that act at the, in the airport to stop Black Panther from stopping Captain Bucky. How great was that? So in character with her. Yeah, absolutely. And they're telling, they're saying though that they're going to give her a movie finally, which I'm finally it's about yeah. time. I don't want to see standalone Marvel movies anymore unless it's a brand new character, and even then, without seeing some of the other characters show up. Not, not well, it doesn't even have to be the main character. Yeah. It never, look, the, the point is it never made any sense anyway. I mean, right from, I think, I think Iron Man three was the first one when they started making this criticism, which is, you know, look, he's having all this terrible stuff go down and where are the Avengers? Right. Exactly. And no, nobody's helping him out. Yep. You know? And so the next Thor movie is Thor and the Hulk, yep. which, you know, it's going to be great. I'm sure. That's gotta be a buddy movie. Sense. Yeah, and it's gonna. It, it here's the thing. I think the next Thor, Ragnarok, is what it's called, with Thor and Hulk, has to take place at the same time that Civil War happens, to yeah. explain Otherwise, why they weren't there. To explain why they weren't there. Yeah, <laughs> and you know damn well Marvel's already got that done, because mm-hmm. they're so smart about building this universe, about creating characters that are larger than life, but giving them human flaws, real motivations, a cohesive time where they're all together and when they're not and they're trusting in the intelligence of the moviegoer from your age all the way down to my son's age yeah and i've never seen this done to the to this well has every marvel movie been great no this is a great movie i say it's a tie right now between this and winter soldier is the best marvel movies i can't put it up above Winter Soldier, because that that movie was just so good on every single level. Mm. But the only thing that I say would make it better is the action. Look, the airport scene is the best superhero fight I've ever seen on film. Yeah. You knew where every single character was during the entire fight. Yeah. And every character got their screen time in perfect proportion. And, it, you know, it's got a perfect level of ramp up. You know, they start off kind of, you know, almost playing with each other because, yeah. you know, they're all still kind of friends. And then all of a sudden it gets serious. They don't want to Then fight. it gets more serious. Yeah. And and then by the end of it, you know, it, it's it's don't hold back. Let's do Let's throw everything we've got at each other. Um, but they you know, didn't. Yeah. They, you know, they were all still holding some back. They weren't. And, and when War Machine goes down, I mean... Look, they didn't kill a character in this movie. Yeah. They didn't kill anybody. And every I think most people are probably expecting someone was going to die. Nobody did, except War Machine is paralyzed. Yeah. I mean, he, and he still has no regrets at the end of it. No. You know, he. Oh, yeah, you he, know, he, he explains his. He's a his soldier. Point of view and he understands that. And, you know, yeah, soldiers get hurt in battle. And that's what he kind of signed up for. Um, but and in some respects, I think it made more of what happened by him not being killed 
but by being paralyzed instead. I yeah. mean, I think it, it, you know, it made it, it made the consequence. I mean, you know, he, you talk about future movies. Yeah. The consequences of having, uh, having war machine, you know, still hobbling around is much better than if these the actors, usually yeah. you'll see, look, look what they did with Batman in the nineties. They had a, a carousel yeah. of different actors coming into play because that was the big draw. Who's going to be Batman this time? These actors, <laughs> you could tell that they understand what's happening with them and these characters and these, in this universe is something special. It's never really been done like this. Um, you could tell that they're having a really good time and the finished product is so damn good. Why would you not want to make all that money making really good movies? Look, Chris Evans, let's, let's not forget. He was the human torch in the fantastic four, two movies. He yeah. was the human torch. People forget completely about that. Why? Cause they were bad movies. They were yeah. one dimensional, boring stuff. And, Captain and, America and you know, he is Captain America now. And it's nothing to do with, with his talents as an actor. It's just to do with the material he's given. Well, know, that's no, what it, it is. It, obviously, it, yes, absolutely. obviously, he's a great actor, but you wouldn't have known it when you watched, watched him in the Fantastic Four. No, he did but as you're much as he could. Right. He, he, he inhabits Steve Rogers. I mean, at this point, it's hard to tell them apart. But same thing with Tony North, Stark and Iron Man. I would say yeah. even more so. Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. They can never yeah. recast that role. Well, they could, no. but it's going to have to be 15, 20 years from now. Yeah. And then it's probably going to be Robert Downey Jr. handing the suit over to his son or something, you know? Yeah. So it won't be, it will be Anthony Stark instead of Tony Stark. Um, although, I, yes, I know Tony is short for Anthony. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, look, Robert Downey Jr. is a big movie star now because of Iron Man. I mean, he was already a movie star, but he was. He, his, his career, his career was, was pretty much, much in the twilight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he he kind of flushed his own career down yeah. the toilet. To be honest, I, Let's Tony face Stark it. rescued yeah. him, and he's had some other big movies since he started the Marvel stuff. That yeah. being said, he was only under contract through this movie. He's already come out publicly said he'd be open for Iron Man four, and he's already agreed to do a, a role in the new Spider Man Homecoming movie. Yeah. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he has a walk-on role in a few other movies as well. He's having a good time. The material is fantastic. He's got a bigger fan base than he's ever had. He's doing really cool things uh, with uh, sick kids now, too. I mean, yeah, these well, actors are having the time of their lives. I know, and, I know, and they're I mean, so smart for not abandoning these roles. All of them as well. I mean, you know, all of them. Scarlett you know, Johansson. They revel, yeah. They revel in those roles. They revel in the fact those roles influence kids. They all do the hospital visits and everything in character and stuff like that, you know. And because they're obviously all good friends on set and off set as well, they all work together. You know, they have fun promoting the movies. I mean, you see these guys on the talk shows promoting movies. They're all having a ball. Yeah, they obviously, you know, it's obviously this is a great place to work. It's a great thing to do, um, and that's. I think it's so rare to see that about, you know, superhero type franchises, which are often just kind of just big money machines. And it just goes to show really, you know, go back to DC. DC could have gone down this route. They could have, they could have aped it. They could have done it more quickly, but they tried to do it in one movie yep. rather than develop it over a number of movies because they're greedy and they just want to exploit the characters. And, you know, the, 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 the comparison really is apt. People say, oh, it's a bit unfair. Of course it's not unfair. 
Yeah, you, it just goes. These these two movies are chalk and cheese. One is cheesy to the nth degree, and the other one is a true quality piece of filmmaking. Yeah, no, it's not going to win Oscars, but if you want good solid entertainment. Well, yeah, it probably won't because that's the Academy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in, the, in, in no way are these people phoning these performances in. The, the writing is excellent. The execution is excellent. They hire brilliant actors who clearly, you know, in, embrace these roles. I um, can't imagine George, a, a, a no. big blockbuster movie being better than that this year. Will the new Independence Day be better? No, there's no, no. way. Um as much as I'm looking forward to, oh yeah, by the way, Marvel isn't done. Uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to Doctor Strange. That's going to be awesome. Is it going to be as good as Captain America? No, I, yeah. I, I, it's just not. I love Cumberbatch, but I mean he's Sherlock, but it, it's not going to be as good as Captain America. Yeah. Um, the only one that I think could even come close, again, is a Disney movie, and that's Star Wars. You know, Rogue Squadron has the chance, has the opportunity to be as good as Captain America from a brilliant storytelling and acting standpoint because it's all new actors. They're doing right by the Star Wars franchise. Just look at Force Awakens. It's a great movie. I've seen it probably 10 times now. I love that movie. I think it's I think it's the third best Star Wars movie. Empire Strikes Back, the first Star Wars, then Force Awakens. Um, Yeah. they they really get the material. They really understand why people like it, and they're giving people what they want. And yeah. that one has an opportunity. But I, th- I think that's probably it, David. Can you think of any big movies coming up that you're as excited for as what we just witnessed? Um, I'm no. There are movies I'm intrigued for, but you know, you just don't know whether they're going to pull it out or not. I'm a big Harry Potter fan, and I think the. Um, I mean, in terms of, in terms of constructing a, a world, they're building a whole new world because it's all set in the States rather than England that has the opportunity of being something special. And again, they've got a great actor in that Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. Um, but what, you know, it'll have to be going some to be as good as this. Cause this really is, um, you know, it's a, it's a, as I say, it's a, not as is a, a fabulous superhero movie, but it's just a great movie generally. And um, you know what? I, Captain America, civil war, set a new bar for superhero movies. There's no going yep. back to the cheesy DC stuff. Unless Suicide Squad as is, is as good, if not better than what I've seen in the trailers, it's in trouble. Well, uh, you know, unfortunately they've already had to do a whole load of reshoots on that. That's so not that always suggests- a bad thing. Well, I, I don't They did know, reshoots it- of Captain America too. Yeah, but, um, <coughs> I mean, the, the- they're talking about major structural changes in Suicide Squad. I'm, I'm really not sure that it's... Um, I, look, I'm going to go to the theater and see Suicide yeah. Squad. I'm really looking oh, forward. Too. The trailer where they played Bohemian Rhapsody was one of the best trailers I've ever seen. It was better than any of the Captain America trailers. But yeah. the problem is, and DC did this with Superman, Batman, they show every one of the best parts of the movie in the trailer. Yeah. And DC just can't help themselves. They leave nothing on the plate at all. And yeah. it, it's it's going to have to be really, really freaking good to be as good as that. In fact, the last one wasn't as good. So I I don't know. We'll see. And I, I don't know. I mean, what about the other, the other big one, of course, this year is, um, is X-Men Apocalypse. I, I have no desire. No? I have no desire. Because it looks cheesy. 
It looks cheesy. You know, as much as I liked uh, some of the X-Men movies, First Class, to me, is the best X-Men movie. And the yeah. second one is almost as good. But here's the thing about those movies. Those were small movies. They yeah. felt very intimate. This feels like, oh, now we're doing our Avengers. We're, I'm, we're expanding I'm also bit, this. I'm a bit concerned because this is Brian Singer back in charge. Exactly. Because Brian Singer is the one who kind of ruined the second and third X-Men movies. And first didn't he round. ruin a Spider-Man movie too? I forget. Uh, no, it's Superman Returns. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. That's hor- one of the worst superhero movies of all time. Stalker, creepy, date rape Superman. He did. He had a kid with Lois, and she didn't even know that it's his? Isn't that kind of date rape? I'm, I want to see more date rape Superman. Well, no, now we have we have Batman Superman, which is it's basically Batman, but it's Superman because he's all gloomy all the time, and uh, I'm just going to scowl at everything and kill people. And uh, hey, hey, DC, think, here's think- a here's a tip: look at your comic books and just yeah. make those movies. That's what Marvel did. They're 100 percent true to their characters. They're fun. Look, the airport fight, all daylight. You can see everything. It was brilliant. Yeah. We loved it. Yeah, it's well, not my, raining uh, and DC dark. Would, and... DC would have had it. Yeah, darkened in the rain for that, wouldn't they? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's so pathetic. Let's go think about it. Pretty much every uh, every fight in any of the movies with the Avengers, or uh, they've always happened in daylight. They've never done the whole fighting in the dark thing, have they? Oh, the first Avengers movie, the. Uh, in the forest, they're in the dark, aren't they? But um, after that, everyone's fighting in daylight. We like fighting in daylight. Yeah. More fighting in daylight, please. More fighting in daylight, please. Bright, shiny costumes. <laughs> and X-Men Apocalypse? Eh, I don't know. It, it just... I, I've got serious misgivings about it. It's Vaughn doing it again, though, right? No, no, it's Brian Singer. Oh, that's right, that's right. That It's going to be shit. <laughs> Okay, well, you called it. We'll see. So with that, we're going to wrap up our uh, Tech War Civil War. (laughs) Tech War. Civil civil Tech War. Mm, Time. No. Trying to figure out a good name. Uh, Tech Civil War fan. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it for this episode. Uh, We will be back in a week. And we'd love to get feedback from you, the listener. What do you think about Civil War? You like it? I know you did. I don't know one person who hasn't. Uh, give us your opinion. What did we miss talking about of uh, Civil War that, oh, you guys completely didn't say anything about this? Let us know. Um, Techfanpodcast.com uh, is the website. Leave a message there. Or mymac.com or spotlightnetwork.com. Stoplightnetwork.com. Wow. <laughs> the show at stoplight or wow the show at you, techfanpodcast.com is our email yeah, address if you if, if you don't <laughs> like us send an email to spotlight network mm-hmm. if you do like us send an email to stoplight network yeah there you go <laughs> um but yes feedback is very much appreciated we got a lot of feedback and a, a really long email chain that i was thinking about saving for its own show from uh, our buddy brendan yeah um it's stuff that we've talked about on the show, but maybe we'll kind of go into it a little bit. My only issue about going into it is I feel like it should be a discussion between you and him. 
I, I agree. I'd, I'd love to discuss it with him personally on the show. Um, we, I've talked with him before about coming on, and he keeps resisting. But um, I think that would be a good discussion because, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, him, him and I, him and I see things slightly differently, and um, I think it would be very interesting to explore that. Oh, there he is on the phone now. <laughs> yep, there he is calling in. All right, I will uh, see you next week, David. And remember to our listeners to check out our sponsor, MaxSales.com, and uh, we'll see you in a week. <laughs>